Welcome to Please Bet on Football Games. Welcome to The Call, Week 11. Thanksgiving. Is it not Week 11? And then Week 12. I think last week was Week 11. Browns are 6-5. and five. I don't know what else I can say. And if you want me to say I fucked up, I fucked up. Welcome to The Call, Week 12? Week 12. I did it this time. Thanksgiving week. We're probably going to break out the first three games because they're Thanksgiving and put you put you in a nice little mini pod. If we do that, and you've already listened to that, you might want to skip ahead a few minutes. But without further ado, let's not waste time. I got a bus to catch. Let's hop into some games. Let's jump right in. The first game this wonderful Thanksgiving is the Chicago Bears going to play the Detroit Lions. The Lions are plus three and a half. Now, depending on who you believe online, this may be Matt Nagy's guaranteed last game as head coach of the Bears. To which I say, boy, I fucking hope so. But be mad. We thought that you like Matt Nagy. I do like Matt Nagy as a coach. I don't like him as an evaluator because he chose the team with Mitch Trubisky and then he sold his future for Justin Fields. This being said, if it's his last game, he's going to go balls out. He's going to call every fucking trick play in the book. He is going to try to skull fuck the Lions by 80 because he needs something to put on his resume to try to transcend the stink that is the Bears when he's going to get his next offensive coordinating or even maybe head coaching job in five months. Additionally, the Bears are starting Andy Dalton. It's official. That's a two-point upgrade for me over Fields because he is competent and he keeps the offense in rhythm, whereas Fields is a dumb shit and he is also dumb. The Lions will want this game, but they're probably going to be playing either bad UConn quarterback Tim Boyle or injured terrible quarterback jared goff either way i want the bears minus three but be mad it's minus three and a half not for fucking long tomorrow morning it'll probably be minus three on bovada and it's already minus three on like basically every other offshore book i agree with you in that the bears minus three is if we get that especially i will say i'm not as gung-ho about it as you are though uh two reasons One is that it's the counter to Matt Nagy going balls to the wall. The players have to care. If he's calling a bunch of like crazy trick plays and they're doing all this, like that's great. But if the players are sitting there like, thank God we get rid of this fucking guy after this last game, like they might throw in the towel and give up on him because all reports are that they don't really like him. And if they're about to fire him after the Thanksgiving game, regardless of the outcome, like things are not going well. So I worry about if the team will play for him. And then the second one is I do like Andy Dalton more than Justin Fields, but it's still Andy Dalton coming off of recent injury and the team. I can't imagine they're really that up for Andy Dalton either. Do you remember what happened last time you doubted Andy Dalton? It was the Andy Dalton revenge game. And like you, you, you are 100% right. I all, I remember my words. All honesty, Andy Dalton's going to want to come out and play well because Andy Dalton is probably going to convince himself that if he plays well enough Justin Fields can be injured for one more week and every snap Andy Dalton gets is another chance to make a roster next year and pocket another 5 to 10 million dollars. So especially because the quarterback market is going to be live as fuck again this year and somebody's going to get left without a chair, which means Andy Dalton could fucking end up starting somehow again. (laughs) The point is, Andy Dalton's going to be bringing it. We know this. The offensive line is almost entirely young dudes, so they're going to care. And then Jason Peters, who is constantly trying to prove that he can still play football at the age of 73 years old. So he's going to care. 
none of the wide receivers have any cachet in the NFL. Like, again, Marquise Goodwin is trying to stay in the NFL. Darnell Mooney is trying to prove he can be the guy. Jimmy Graham will probably check out. But, like, Arlington Hambright and Jesper Horstead, these are not people who are going to have the fucking luxury of checking out. And I don't care about the defense because, like, literally no defense is bad enough to get shredded by the Lions. Yeah, the Browns I mean, The Browns didn't get shredded by the Lions. The, the Browns' defense is bad, and they gave up 10 points, and seven were on – It was like The most egregious holes. It was one busted run that was – Like, Panay Sewell literally had Clowney, like, in a bear hug from behind. It, it was a full Nelson. It was literally a full Nelson. Yeah. Um, and that's the only reason that play went. So that was their one score. Yeah. And Baker threw two picks. Like it, it, with with Boyle, they are a not a an NFL offense. Like they already kind of towed that line with golf, but with Boyle in, they legitimately will not score points. Now it, it sounds like there's about a fifty-five to sixty percent chance that golf plays, but if you have a, a golf that is so banged up he might not play because of an oblique injury oblique that's part of your throwing motion it's your titty isn't it yeah it's like your ribs yeah that it's going to be difficult for him and we know jared golf doesn't want things more difficult because he can't handle things when they're easy this is a guy that lost games with the rams and sean mcveigh on his own so i like the bears minus three i love them minus two in fact i did something today i was looking for things to parlay as anchors with bears minus two because it's currently minus 140 uh so like you only need like you know one big college favorite to tie with that and boom you're golden you know but uh look into that i'll call it a maybe for our pod picks but uh, as an official turkey day pick i'm gonna make an official turkey day pick on every single game on turkey day bears are my turkey day pick get the minus three you can do it i believe in you yeah i'm kind of same boat i i don't love this one because i do worry about the team quitting on Nagy entirely but the Macy's Day Parade is going to end, and you're going to have to have a football game to bet on, and this is it. But, I, yeah, I, I'll probably end up betting on it at least just a little bit because Thanksgiving fun. And if I do, it will be the Bears. But we can move on to the next game on Thanksgiving. The Las Vegas Raiders go to play the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are minus eight. I already regret my decision to make a pick on every Thanksgiving game. This game sucks. Uh, we have two teams that are significantly overrated, the Cowboys who are good and overrated and the Raiders who are eh, and overrated. I'm going to take the Raiders plus eight. Amari Cooper's not coming back yet. CD Lamb may be back. Tyron Smith probably isn't going to be back. Ezekiel Elliott, Elliott is now banged up. We've seen that Dak Prescott is not good. And that comes to the forefront when he does not have an elite supporting cast. This is not to say that the Raiders defense is spectacular, but is the Chiefs? I don't know if the Cowboys fail to put up 20 points again, but I know for a fact that the Raiders can put up 14 points on the Cowboys defense. And for that reason, I'm taking the scythe, the touchdown plus a hook. Yeah, I that's probably where I would end up going, not because I actually like the Raiders to, you know, play well with the Cowboys, but simply because eight's a, a really hard number to take if you're taking the Cowboys. And the Raiders... Oh, man, I'm rethinking this, though. We just talked about how the Raiders are cooked. They've had three straight terrible weeks. Yes. After, you know, the the special teams coach affects uh, the emotional interim coming in, that wore off. They had their two weeks where they really outplayed. Now they've had three 
back to back to back bad games. Do you know what it's mostly been? Like, like it, uh, it seems very obvious, but like mostly these games have been bad for them because Derek Carr can't stop giving the ball away. And well, he's, he's bad. So he'll always turn the ball over. It can't keep happening at this rate. It's like two turnovers a game for the last month. I mean, I, I will say that we thought before Gruden, Derek Carr, he had that one crazy good year. But other than that, he was quickly going into that Kirk Cousins below that level of like, do you even want? Yeah, I'm, I, I still think he's there. That's, I've never moved him from that spot, somewhere between like 16 and 18 in the league. And I think Gruden made him better. There's only so much you can do with Carr, but he definitely made him better. Yeah, and, and Gruden's so the, a great coach. So the, the, the Carr we've seen the last, you know, three or three and a half years, four and a half years, however Gruden was there, or long Gruden was there, has been one that's been coached up by a good offensive coach and maybe protected a little bit. And now we're back to special teams guy. So I don't think it's a crazy coincidence necessarily that his very good offensive coach leaves and then he starts turning the ball over and playing worse. Okay, this is true. And like going against my own argument is the fact that Derek Carr was trying to turn the ball over all year. He just wasn't successful in weeks one through like eight. Um, like the guy was putting up DNF performances all the time. So let, like, it's not like there has been some reversal in what we've seen from him. I'm just saying, man, nobody fumbles that much. And you got to figure at some point, they'll at least figure out that they can run the ball or something I liked that I saw out of them against Cincinnati is they tried a lot more. Uh, well, I, I think they tried like two, but they tried wide receiver runs to just get the ball in their skill players hands without putting it through the twisted transistor that is Derek Carr. So does that it's basically feel- just boiling down to, we know, we know that the Raiders will score seven to 14 points because it's an NFL football game. Right. And they're not like bottom tier bad. Mm-hmm. We know that this is true. I don't think that the Cowboys will score 30 points because I don't think they're good enough to do that. They scored 30 points on Atlanta, who is a significantly worse defense. And they were healthy for that game. They're not healthy. Like they don't score that many points except in shootouts and garbage time. This game figures to be tight. Dak Prescott is notoriously bad in tight games. Dak Prescott is notoriously bad when he doesn't have his full cast of heroes. R is I think Amari we got, and CD. Amari is still out. With, Amari is still out with COVID, so he can't play because mm-hmm. uh, he he does not have the shot. So Michael Irvin no play. and Florio and Michael Irvin have been like really on his ass today on Twitter. Uh, so I bet that's why he now regrets his life choices. Um, shucks, he has to stay home with his family and still get paid for Thanksgiving. This is a strategic COVID infection by Amari. <laughs> Did it on purpose. He was just sucking down needles in the fucking streets. Um, I think you've got similar caliber quarterbacks. I don't know if that's a hot take, but if you want to hear my deck slander, go listen to the recap pod from yesterday. You got similar caliber quarterbacks that aren't good. The Cowboys have a similar, if not a little bit better offensive line, uh, considering their injuries. Cowboys have similar, if not a little bit better wide receivers. And then the defenses, I think, are really, really similar. And because of this, I think that eight points is just way too fucking many. It's also Thanksgiving. Like, Thanksgiving games are notoriously close because everybody's a little bit groggy or a little bit unmotivated or a little bit extra motivated. They just always are close. 
I don't know what it is about them. They're always it's it's like playoff games. They're a little lower scoring than you expect, and they're always close. Yeah, I I think I'm I'm good with going Raiders plus eight simply because the injuries Dallas has right now. And you're right when when Dak doesn't. We just spent a bunch of time last episode talking about how Dak struggles when things aren't perfect for him, or at least he's not going to transcend it. And this is a situation where things aren't perfect for him. The Raiders' defense can get some pressure on him. Max Crosby should be able to do a little bit. And they've played decent uh, defensively for the most part. Yeah. I mean, like, I think that the Cowboys' offense is about as good as the Bengals' offense. Maybe a, maybe a little better. But, like, it's not, it's not day and night. And as bad as the Raiders played, they still held the uh, Bengals' offense in check. Yeah, that game was closer in the score look, too. I yeah, think I mean, it ended up like a three-score game or something. But It was bad turnover luck. And it wasn't out of hand until late. Like, it'll be all right. And again, this is a turkey day pick, not a pod pick. So the bar is lower. This this isn't even a maybe for a pod pick. This is just a turkey day pick. Yeah. All right, let's roll with uh, Raiders plus eight. And for the final game on this Thanksgiving, we have the Buffalo Bills going to play the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are plus six. I looked at this line and I was so fucking happy. Because I was like, ooh, Saints, it's going to be awesome. And then I saw that, like, three of their players might suit up. Yeah, no. This is, I, I like, for Turkey Day, I'm going Bills on this game. Yeah? Yes. Not even because I like the Bills, but I think the Saints are very, very beat up. And Trevor Simeon is a bad quarterback. They have they have bad playmakers outside of Kamara. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I mean, I like Deontay Harris, but it's – you have to do things to get him the ball. Yeah. They like they have they have a bunch of role players. They don't have actual receivers they can go to consistently or bail out their bad backup quarterback. <laughs> Yo, PFF has Deontay Harris as the second rated wide receiver in the NFL. That is not That's correct. Wild. That is not correct. Their their ratings are so strange, man. But like they're valuable, but they're they're also ones where you're like that that does not compute. I'm currently just using them because it's a really easy way to just see who's all healthy. I see. But yeah, so this isn't, it's mainly just that I don't, I don't trust the Saints right now. Sean Payton looks like he's coaching to just like get through the season. The defense hasn't been as great recently. And well, the they have one, up. they have one pitch, although it's a perfect pitch for the fucking dude. This is Josh Allen's going to have a bad game. Like we're talking like two picks. worse than what he's been doing, or maybe it's gonna be bad. Explain why is it gonna be especially bad this week? So it's gonna be. We've learned that the defensive coordinator of the Saints, McCoy, is literally only capable of running cover one man, right? So he's got the one deep safety, which will be Marcus Williams, who's awesome. We love him. Brown should have signed him. They're dumb. They instead they went the opportunity. They went for John Johnson instead. I mean, the benefit is that that contract is super easy to get out of. Well, they better hope. Deal. We're, browsing. But... we're browsing, and that's not what we're here for. <laughs> the Saints the Saints run cover one man, which is Marcus Williams is going to drop deep as far. He's going to go as deep as the deepest player. And then they're going to have Lattimore and Adebo on the outside just manning up on the uh, wide receiver, the outside wide receivers for the Bills. Um they're a little bit more variable on like what they do inside, but um, their slot corner is PJ Williams, who is back to being a good corner again. Like he's finally healthy again, and it's it looks nice. I really and then 
I mean, they have Malcolm Jenkins and Jeff Heath, neither of which are like legitimately good, strong safeties, but they effectively play linebacker. That I mean, they, that's good. It's a good defense, and Marcus Davenport's back. They might be able to get a fucking pass rush for once. Josh Allen's going to throw picks because when you are inaccurate against man coverage, the ball doesn't end up in your receiver's hands. Do you think that offense will be able to score at all for the Saints? I don't know. That's my because problem. Because I, I agree with you. Like, Josh Allen hasn't been great this year in general, and the Saints That's like saying I'm not very great. tall. Yeah, well, I... I'll get there. We're, we're working on <laughs> it. It's a gross understatement. <laughs> like the, the Saints defense hasn't been as good as I thought they would be, but there's still a solid defense and Josh Allen has underperformed this year. So I'm sure the Saints will be able to hold them. They're not going to give up 35 points. It, the defense won't give up 30. Yeah. But my worry is that the Saints defense will have to stop them like all but twice if they want to win or even cover this number. Wait, it's not that I think they won't be able to stop them. It's that I don't think they're going to be able to stop them enough for their offense to win or cover this game. Because I don't think their offense can be able to score more than twice. Yeah, I, I agree. I totally fucking agree. And that's why I don't like this game. Um, it is not a pod pick. That is for goddamn sure. Oh, hell no. But as a turkey day pick... I'm kind of just tempted to take the fucking points, man. That, that's probably the smart thing math-wise. If, if we had our uh, our statistician in today, they they could tell us. But, yeah, I mean, if, if that's what you're feeling, I'm probably just going to roll with the Bills because I think the Saints won't be able to score enough. <laughs> Remember when Jameis was playing and the Saints just – choke slammed the Patriots and the Packers. Yeah. Those are good days. That was great. <laughs> I wish you guys could see the video because I just swooped on camera with the daydreaming face and it was perfect. Okay. Official Turkey Day pick for the final game is going to be Saints off the back of a defensive touchdown. I say Bills. We separate. We're separate. Ooh. We have, we have a crossfire that we're not even betting on. Um, okay, so those are our turkey day picks. Gobble, gobble, motherfuckers. All right, let's jump into some Sunday action. The first game on Sunday will be the Atlanta Falcons going to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags are plus one. Fuck, that is an enticing line. Why do they want us to bet on the Falcons so badly? I don't know, but they definitely do. Okay, so the Falcons probably had a little bit of like a fucking soul-crushing loss to the Patriots last week. They do every week. They always have soul-crushing losses. I feel like they're Im- immune. Like, they're just numb. I don't know. Calvin Ridley literally left the team for being too depressed, most likely because he saw their team. I I'm, I just, you know, I have no evidence of this either, but I would guess that's probably not the reason. I would think there might be legitimate other outside life things. Okay, there's probably legitimate reasons, but... It would at least be a more difficult decision if he was playing on a team that was, like, enthralling in any way, uh, showed signs of being alive. Regardless, I'm currently looking up the standings so that I can see if they're in it, because I think that the fucking Falcons might still be in the playoff picture. Okay, it would be a big ask, but, like, they're, they are two games. They are, they are two and a half games out of first place in their division. I think they're going to be trying. Oh, God, dude, they're, they're a game out of wild card. They're going to be trying. 
and they're going to need they're going to think that they need this game to get back on track they're going to get it <sighs> falcons are a maybe for me i so i i like the falcons in this game as well um going but we do back have a to, rule we have a rule i was i was getting to that we have two things that factor into this one we don't bet on the falcons two we said throughout this year if you can get games against the jags that aren't double digits or against bad bad teams and it's like less than three you take the other team because urban meyer will tank this team even if trevor lawrence is playing better and he's playing well he is but so we have conflicting rules here to create our balancing test okay matt ryan oh remember all those stats that were being bandied about about six days ago how matt ryan is like third or fourth in the nfl in like epa or some shit Mm-hmm. And it was just because he had been wildly productive against terrible teams. Right. This is one of those. Yes, the Jags do qualify as a terrible team. And as much as the Jaguars are getting better, they're really bad everywhere that it counts. Like yeah, they're I, still a terrible team. They're probably the worst coach team. If they're not, they're close. <sighs> yeah, we got to take the Falcons. Also, the sharp money's coming in on the Falcons, which is just a goddamn anomaly. I'm ready to make the Falcons alike. Yeah, I think I think we put them on. Obviously, we're, we're relatively early, so I don't mean to jump in too crazy yet, but I think they'll likely make it. Ready for the next game? Yeah. <laughs> All right, next we have the Carolina Panthers going to play the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins are plus one. Mm. It's a battle of quarterbacks that probably won't be playing next year. Yeah, this is this is picking which, which quarterback you uh, want to see fail more. It's also picking which mediocre coach that is good at defense and not really anything else is better. This game is so disinteresting that I don't want to break it down, but those are the games that we're the best at picking. So let's just let's just do it. If two is going to succeed, they need rhythm, they need short passes, and they need yards after catch. Jeremy Chin limits yards after catch. I love the Panthers' cornerbacks, uh, even if Taylor Heineke sliced and diced them last week. I actually like Taylor Heineke more than most, so I don't think it's that bad. Um, like, I think Taylor Heineke is better than Kirk Cousins. I think he's probably better than Dak. Wow. Okay. I know I'm not, I'm not quite in that same level, but we could revisit that at another time. That's a quick hitter podcast. Um, again, the Panthers still think that they're in it. The Dolphins are somehow hot lately and are kind of in it. I want to go Panthers. I don't like Cam Newton, but I think that they're at least aware of that he's Cam Newton, and they will just run him and score 20 points. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they they know what they have, and Cam is okay with that. I was going to say take the under, but it's 42, because they seem to fucking understand that this game is going to be 20 to 21. Yeah, this game will be gross. I, I lean Panthers as well, because I trust Cam more than I trust Tua. I don't like either one. I think the the Panthers are a little bit better coached, especially on offense. Because both the head coaches are good defensive dudes that don't really know what they're doing outside of that. And the Panthers at least have Joe Brady. They do. And Christian fucking Caffrey. Yeah. So I, 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 think I think Christian they, McCaffrey changes this game. Yeah, they, they have more talent. I mean, the receivers are better in Carolina. I think their line's better. They're better coached on offense. At least I think they're it, it's similar on defense. I like Carolina. I mean, do you like like know. Carolina or do you lean Carolina? I don't like like them. If you made me pick, I would take Carolina. I I could be okay to put them in 
with the pod picks, but I would want to wait till I saw what else, just because I, I just don't like doing this bad of games either. Uh, let's put it as a maybe, because we both – I have a heavy lean <laughs> to Carolina, and I think you do too. Yeah. But we can put that one on the back burner for now and move on to the next game. We have the Philadelphia Eagles going to play the New York Giants. Joe Flacco just got put on the COVID list. Um, the Jets have been doing everything they can to not have to play Zach Wilson or Mike White, and they're going to have to pick one. That's I'm funny. sorry. It's too funny. You're fine. I, I, I thought you were trying to stop me. You're good. Um, so you just want me to do it again. No, you're good. We, we didn't get the number. Oh, Eagles are minus three and a half visiting Giants, and I think you have to look Eagles or nothing. Yes. I don't trust. I don't trust Freddie Kitchens calling plays on six days' notice. I don't trust him on ten days' notice, but six is too few. Uh, okay, so I'm I'm not going to touch this game because I've seen both sides of Freddie, and head coach Freddie is possibly the most ill-prepared person to ever put on the head coach headset. However, as an offensive coordinator, he was great. His fucking game plan was keep seven blockers in and run two streaks. It, it was effective. He knew. <laughs> one of these systems has Baker Mayfield, and one of these systems has Daniel fucking Jones. Hey, maybe Baker sucks. We don't know, man. The only person that's made Baker look good for a consistent period of time on a not-stacked team was Freddie Kitchens. That, there are so many factual incongruities in that statement that I just can't even address it. Kevin Stefanski can't count it. Team was loaded. He didn't have to do anything. All those amazing receivers, like the fourth receiver on the Rams and a guy who the Browns won't play and another guy who the Browns won't play and a rookie, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who was the third receiver at Michigan. Awesome. A Michigan team that couldn't score, mind you. Or... None of those guys look good because they got broken Baker Mayfield throwing them the ball. I hate when balls hit me in the hands. And they're just so surprised he actually gets the ball to him. This <sighs> yeah, season has been hard for me. I actually like Baker Mayfield. I need to say that. I think he's the quarterback for the future. By the way, I watched his game against the Lions. I don't know what the fuss is about. He was good. I gave him a B minus. The pick he... was the first pick was terrible, but you know, whatever. Yeah, the first pick was terrible. I mean, it, it's just that he missed a lot of throws that he normally makes, and people are just so incredibly frustrated. We're not going to Browns. We're not yeah, going to Browns. I think that it's funny that we're Brownsing on a game where, like, two of our good friends' favorite teams are playing, and we just don't want to fucking talk about it. Like, I know that... But yeah, I mean, these, these are bad teams. Reed and Evan are going to be down my fucking throat. Like, our favorite teams are playing, and you guys don't want to fucking talk about it at all. What do you want me to say? Daniel Jones fucking sucks. The Giants are in disarray. The offensive line is good now. Andrew Thomas is back to being the Andrew Thomas of Georgia. But it doesn't fucking matter. Like, they even got the ball to Kadarius Toney, who's a fucking stud. But there's nothing you can do when you're throwing three-yard flats. They're a second late. They're a little behind him. And all of a sudden, a swarming defense is bearing down on him. There's nothing you can fucking do. Counterpoint, Freddie Kitchens will not throw a singular three-yard flat. He will throw 40 yards downfield. Or run to Kenny Galladay, who is Rob Gronkowski, but deep fried and skinny. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. That that was that signing has not turned out well. 
Yeah, I mean the 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 Giants are not talented. You're right. the The line has gotten better. Andrew Thomas has blossomed, which I'm very happy about. Yeah, same. They do. They do have good playmakers. Sterling Shepard's great if he ever could be on the field. I love Kadarius Tony. I mean, you, you I do got too. me in the glass. Galladay has value if they get him the ball and just say like, "Hey, go be big and strong and catch the ball." Like, but if it you takes do that, he's incredible. It takes a certain kind of quarterback. It's the same as Vincent Jackson back in the day and Alshon Jeffrey, where they're never open, but they're always open. And you need to have a quarterback who's got – he could put some touch on the ball and who's got big old nuts hanging from his fucking gooch area draping down the side of his pants because it you're throwing a 50-50 ball every time and praying to God that your guy's actually more of a 70-30 guy. Uh, and he is. But Daniel Jones – Daniel Jones might be a lot of things, but I don't think anybody would categorize him as brash or brazen or confident or a man. So that he's not the guy to do that. He's also just not very smart or very accurate, and his arm is mildly talented. I don't understand why he's still playing as a starting quarterback in the NFL for a team that thinks that they're going to win. On the other hand, Jalen Hurts can't throw the ball. Jordan Howard's out. They're going to be running the ball with my homie, Boston Scott. I love him. And Miles Sanders, who, okay, fine. Is probably like a better back if you're into that sort of thing. But the Giants are built to stop the run. It's going to be a slugfest. It's going to be shit. Three and a half is a substantial line, but I could see the Eagles running away with this if Daniel Jones fumbles. And he hasn't fumbled in a couple weeks, so he's due. Yeah, in these divisional games, Daniel Jones loves putting the ball on the ground, man. And he's going to get pressured because despite the fact that the Giants' offensive line is much improved, Philly's line is solid. They, they get pressure. Uh, yeah. I talked about it of I thought they were going to take a big step back once Brandon Graham went down, and they haven't really. They've still been really good. Javon Hargrave's a, a beast. He's really good. Oh, he's... Fletcher, Fletcher Cox is still out there running around. And I know he got beat up last week, two weeks ago, something like that. But I'm not worried about interior pressure. I'm worried about the edges. I just can't play. I can't touch this game, man. What do you want me to say? I'm sorry, boys. Yeah, I, I can't either. I... The Eagles cannot pass the ball downfield. Their no. their game is 100% run based or you know under 10 yards based, and it's been working for them because people haven't been able to tackle. And Jalen Hurts has been slippery. You're right. The Giants are really well built to stop that, though. It's going to be an ugly game. I think it could actually be very fun to watch, though. Oh, it'll be a competitive game. It's just yeah. I'm not I'm not putting. There's nobody in this game that I want to put money on and back. Like, there is nobody in this game, no coach, no player, that I'm like, he'll take me to the promised land. Yeah, and, and like, I, there are people I kind of want to bet against, but not enough. There's nobody that I want to absolutely fade because Jalen Hurts is still in his honeymoon period where, like, he can be mildly effective using the one cool, weird thing he does. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel like we've said enough about this game since— Way too goddamn much. Getting... Let's move on. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers going to play the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are minus four now. Do you want to take the Bengals? Uh, I mean, it, this is a it was a gun to my head situation. I'd probably take the Bengals just because I think the Steelers are really bad. And isn't TJ too. out? TJ's out. Minka is possibly out, although I don't think that that matters at all. Uh, Joe Hayden is possibly out. Let's go Bengals. And four and a half is just a tough number. Fuck, I know, and they're not actually that good. But the Steelers are so injured on defense that they will bust a coverage, and do you know what that means? Jamar Chase will have – he'll probably have two touchdowns. 
He'll have one earned touchdown where, like, he actually does a play. And then he'll have one that's 72 yards. Nobody covered him. Everybody just, like, sat down to eat a picnic, and he walks past them for a touchdown. And then everybody DMs me and says, Rookie of the year, you missed on him. And then I ask them why they breathe. Um, I'll put down the Bengals as a lean. But like, Yeah, I like the Bengals. I just don't like that number, which is probably why the number is that. I mean, like, the... I just don't trust the Bengals because they're a team I don't like, but I think that they're a lot better than the Steelers. I agree. And if we go into the kryptonite thing, Joe Burrow's kryptonite is pressure. There's no TJ Watt, but Alex Highsmith has been real good. And I, I think Jonah Williams does match up well against him, though. Oh, that's a good point. Because he's not a freak. He's just a dude who knows how to play football really well, and that's what Jonah Williams does. That's a good point. And the the Steelers don't. We, we talked about it recently that they're – their front seven is not what it used to be guys have been hurt and they're just getting older and that was what kind of decided games for them so if you're not getting the pressure on joe burrow and your back end is beat up i feel like that screams Bengals. unless you think that ben is going to be able to turn in some throwback performance or Najee has four touchdowns let's leave it on the back burner because i know i like the next game all right Next, we have the Tennessee Titans going to play the New England Patriots. Nope, you fucking skipped it, and I'm not cutting this. Ah, I scrolled too far. Next, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to play the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are plus three. Yep, Buccaneers minus three. Yeah, same. Like, this is too easy. Brady is going to fucking eviscerate this easy, simple defense. It is going to be gross. That's my best bet. The secondary for Indy is bad. And I'm... Why... I'm trying to figure out, like, why is this line like it is? The Colts have been hot since their loss to the Titans. The Colts just made the Bills look silly. And the Buccaneers had two straight losses before getting right against a bad Giants team on Monday Night Football. This game was probably Buccaneers minus one and then shot up after, or minus two, and then shot up a point after Monday Night Football. Yeah, I like, I understand that the Colts have been playing better. And I guess you overvalue the Bills win. Because they did beat the shit out of them. But the Bills aren't as good as people think they are. No. The Colts are... This is a really simple game. And every time I say it's a really simple game, for the last, like, two weeks, I get burnt in the asshole. Like, three weeks. But the Buccaneers are a really good team. The Colts are a decent team. I'm higher on the Colts than I think most are. I think. Wentz will turn the ball over because he will be pressured. The Buccaneers are finally getting their healthy secondary. I think Carlton Davis is back this week. Like, they, they say that Carlton Davis should be back this week against the Colts, which means they'll have the, their full complement of cornerbacks, their full complement of safeties. Their linebackers are getting healthier and better. Vita Vey will be out. I don't care. The Colts are probably going to try to run the ball. Please and thank you. That's what I want. Devin White is an overrated player, but he is specifically built in a lab to stop Jonathan Taylor. The Colts will run into the teeth of the Buccaneers' defense and get nothing. The Colts will throw under pressure and turn the ball over. Tom Brady will easily pick apart a very simple cover two zone defense. This is what he's built for. It's what he used to do to those Steelers teams with the Patriots. The Colts will not adjust because they can't adjust because they run one defense. It will be easy. Buccaneers all day and twice on this Sunday. Two units, best bet, Buccaneers. I don't have too much to add on top of that because I agree with most everything you said and don't think it's much deeper than that. The Bucs are much better. I know that the Colts have been hot, but the Bucs are more talented. Tom Brady will do well against that very basic defense. And 
I think Wentz will do will do fine against the Bucks defense, but not enough to keep up with how bad the uh, Tom Brady and that offense is going to beat up on him. Now we can do right. your Titans. Now we can go to the Tennessee Titans going to play the New England Patriots. The Patriots are minus six and a half. This is so many points, but this is this is so many points that I was like, oh, there's got to be a lot of injuries going on here. So let's look up, is Julio Jones alive? No, he's on injured reserve. Is A.J. Brown alive? Oh, my God. He just got x-rays. Yeah, so that I understand why this game is like this. They just cut Adrian Peterson, which I don't think matters. Not at all. The, the washed-up old man didn't have it anymore. Like, shockingly, running backs don't age well, even Hall of Fame ones. Man... There's going to be so many faulty conclusions stemming from this game, but if I've learned anything over the last month, it's that I need to stop giving a shit about any of that. Um, the Titans just signed Golden Tate to the practice squad. That's uh, not. That doesn't bode well for your team. You're like, hey, Mr. Locker Room Cancer, welcome to the squad. We need you. Ryan Tannehill's wife's real pretty. You want to fuck her? <laughs> Jokes that got Golden Tate, Golden Tate fired 10 years ago because he fucked Russell Wilson's wife, and then the Seahawks traded him to the Lions. So they were really upset. Um, you're not, I'm going to be I was, honest. I, I don't want to bet on this game. I, in theory, like the Titans. The injuries make me want to stay away. And even though I may want to like dig my heels in and be like, no, but the Patriots aren't actually that good. I can't, I can't bet on that right now even though I think if anyone's going to be able to mess with Bill, it's probably Vrabel. And the Titans are going to just fucking wreak havoc on the Patriots' backfield. Mac Jones will panic and turn the ball over. But the Patriots have shown an ability to absorb those plays. Yeah, and I just don't know if the Titans are going to score all that much. Because even if A.J. Brown plays... He will, but he'll be half of himself. Yeah, and you have J.C. Jackson on him, so he's going to be kind of taken out of the game. And then you don't have much beyond that. Well, I mean, they have Golden Tate. <laughs> Is he? Do you want what, He's going to know three plays. They'll, dude. It's Golden Tate. He's only ever been good for one thing. They're going to throw him a bubble screen, and he will run. And he's good at that. But like, eh. um, will their wide receiver two be Des Fitzpatrick or Josh Reynolds? Oh no, they just got rid of Josh Reynolds. Oh my God. It's gorgeous. Oh, poor Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I honestly, I think the, the Patriots might even be the right side here simply because the offense is so devoid of players for the Titans, but I'm probably just going to stay away from it. I'm going to say, excuse me, we don't say those words around here. Yep. Um, the Patriots being the right side. We're allowed to not bet games. That's called being smart. <sighs> okay. Yeah, I, I'm looking for ways, but, like, it looks like Jeff Schwame is beat up. Like, they don't have any weapons at all. I don't... Yeah, they're they're just at a point where they don't have the guys to create points for them. Yeah, and... They literally can't compete. Like, they shouldn't be playing a football game. Yeah, and when you play against a bad defense or whatever, that might not matter as much because guys just get open or enough that they don't have to go make something crazy happen because the field's open for them. But when you play a, a good defense like the Patriots, you're uh, you're gonna have to actually like create points. You're gonna have to break tackles and 
do some some outstanding plays to make things happen. I don't think they can do that given their current locker room. You know what? They're just going to run the fucking ball like every fucking play with Dante Foreman and uh, who's that? Is that McNichols? Who's their fast running back? I think so. But <sighs> the, the Patriots have been pretty good in the run game. I know. No, that's what the Patriots are built for. They are, they are a team cropped out of 1998. Their linebackers are more like defensive ends. Their safeties are more like linebackers. <sighs> Man. <laughs> but then the Patriots are going to have to run the ball. This is an under game, by the way. Under 44. Yeah, I actually would probably do that. You can't, you can't run into Danico Autry and Jeffrey Simmons, so the Patriots are going to have a little bit of a challenge on their hands, right? And they won't be able to throw because they never really can anyways, and the Titans will bring pressure with uh, Landry, not Jarvis, but... What the Harold fuck is Landry's third. first name? Harold, Harold my my fellow Boston College Eagle, my draft darling from 2018. I wanted the Browns to take him at four. Um, okay, so <sighs> Harold Landry's going to get in the backfield a lot. Mac Jones will panic and turn the ball over. Tennessee is going to run the ball a lot with De- Deontay Foreman and probably get two and a half yards of carry. This game will be 13 to 17. That says take the six and a half. This is a low-scoring game, and we're getting a touchdown. That's a good point. Like, it, we know for a fact this game will be under 50 points. Which means that either... I would be very either, surprised if it wasn't. Do we think that the Patriots are going to shut the Titans out? Honestly, they could. They very well could. <laughs> the Titans don't have a team. The Titans' yeah. wide receivers this week might be worse than the Browns usually are. Um, yeah, it's like we have a touchdown, or basically a touchdown, we're at six and a half. But the Titans might score nine points. They might not. (laughs) All right, let's just fucking move on. This sucks. Fuck you. God took this one away from us as well because a healthy Titans team, awesome value. Love it. But unfortunately, such is life. And moving on to the late slate. we Have Have you forgotten yourself? We need to pay the bills. Let's take a quick commercial break before the late slate. And for the first game of the late slate, the Los Angeles Chargers are going to play the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are plus three. I hate the Chargers because I want to take them in this game too. Oh, me too. I that's my gut reaction is go with the Chargers, but I'm not going to because I cannot trust them right now. They match up poorly in this game because the Broncos can and will run the ball. The Broncos can and will throw underneath routes to very, very good receivers who will make yards after the catch. And the Chargers are extremely bad at stopping both of those things. On the other side, the Chargers will try to throw the ball short, and the Broncos will not let them. In order for the Chargers to win this game, if the Chargers win, they'll win by more than three. But in order for the Chargers to win this game, they have to do something that we've been waiting all season for them to fucking do, and that's have a big boy offense. Yeah, they they need to throw downfield, and they give us little teasers of it where you'll get a couple plays, they chug it downfield, and it normally goes well. But they're too short field-based, and they just cannot stop the run whatsoever it's adam gay shit it's jim bob cooter shit so they're just not a team and we we've said for the last couple weeks that they're a team we actually should fade so and with the way you just broke it down of the broncos can run the ball well they're going to shut down the Chargers' short passing game those are two huge factors in this and if we're getting points i didn't think of anything we should look to denver but i don't really want to bet on denver either I never bet on a bad quarterback going against a good quarterback. And as much as Justin Herbert has been lesser than his hype, that dude outclasses Teddy Bridgewater. 
on a yeah, bad day very easily like the if we were a little bit less detect- so quarterback play is less relevant lately this year than it has been in years past like just going off the last month or so like actual roster and coaching seems to matter more than usual I usually give a ballpark of like 35% of a team's value as their quarterback. And I think that's probably down to about 20 to 25%. But I just can't get it through my head to bet on the better team with the much worse quarterback. So, and it's not like I have a coaching advantage. It's basically the same fucking coaching staff on both sides. Yeah. You just have an old version in Denver. Yeah. I, I'm kind of with you. I don't want to bet on either of these teams. I think we should just move on. Yeah. All right, next, we have the Minnesota Vikings going to play the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, the 49ers are minus three. All right, we'll come to the Rams and Packers later, you fuck. Skipping all my I wanted, favorite games. I wanted to do that one last. We'll do that yeah. one last. Well, not okay. last, but like of these. The Vikings, am I going to want to bet on the Vikings? <laughs> I kind of want to bet on the Vikings. I, how can I bet on the Vikings? The week after Kirk Cousins induces five picked balls to not be picked. How and the Vikings just put Linval Joseph on the COVID list. How is their D line doing this year? Because most of San Francisco's success has been when they can just out physical teams and just beat them up on the line. By most of the success, you mean the last two games and then only those games? Well, yeah, those are kind of the only games they've been successful at. Exactly. <laughs> Um, well, the Vikings are always good at stopping the run because Zimmer is, yeah, I, like Zimmer is not a good coach, but he will stop the run. If you go back to 1998, Mike Zimmer would be an elite head coach, but like they still have Delvin Tom- Tomlinson playing nose guard. Um, I... yeah. And like Armand Watts is going to be their backup three tech. That's not good, but it's something. And then they can rotate in Sheldon Richardson. So, again, like, he's not a run stuffer, but he's a good player. Um, I think Everson Griffin comes back. I think he'll be playing. That'd be good for him. I mean, again, not exactly a dude who's going to fucking shut it down in the run game, but he's something. He's a good player. And then their linebackers. Dude, I love Eric Kendricks. I love him more than I like his brother, Michael. Eric Kendricks was my first, like, draft. He was the first dude I evaluated in a draft where I was like, how is this guy not a first-round pick? Because uh, he's a freak. He's awesome at everything. And Alex Barr is – or Anthony Barr. Alex Barr is a fucking offensive lineman for the Bears. Um, also went to college with a kid named Alex Barr. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yep. See, you can make these jokes because they can't see us. They can only hear us. Anthony Barr. That's why, oh. that's why my jokes are never out loud, and I don't have to do the jokes that will get me fired in 10 years, but – it's also Alex Bars on the Bears. There's, an, it's more, there's multiple bars. Let's go to them. Anthony Barr is he's more of he's a blitzbacker more than a run stuffer, but like a blitzbacker is a run stuffer. He will be very useful. Especially because they're gonna be running the ball with Debo Samuel, who is very good, but he's not gonna break a ton of tackles. You just have to be fast enough to keep up with him. Like he's a wide receiver playing running back. Literally. Harrison Smith couldn't have a better safety in a run first game man okay defensively the vikings match up well yeah did you know that pff has kirk cousins is the second best quarterback in the nfl i did not know that that's don't don't pay for or pay attention to pff outside of line play 
They're they're solid for line play. Everything else, run. <laughs> Kurt Cousins. <laughs> okay, we're just gonna do a fun little experiment here. Let's see what grade he got for last week, where he threw five pickable balls. So PFF thinks that Kirk Cousins had a 65 overall game last week, which is pretty decent. And they think that he only threw three turnover-worthy plays instead of five. So we watch different games, and that's okay. Not really, but... <sighs> yeah, so that's where it's tough. Of You have to bet on Kirk Cousins. And while the, the 49ers don't really have a secondary, their D-line has been playing well. Their linebackers have been playing well. So, I don't know. I think the the Vikings are the right move here because the, the 49ers defense is going to be able to get pressure on Kirk and they're going to cause him to make a couple mistakes. But the the Vikings still have such a crazy advantage with their wide receivers that they should be able to just throw to those guys nonstop. And then yeah. the Vikings are set up well that the only thing the 49ers are good at is kind of running or beating you up in the you know, at the point of attack. And that's what the Vikings are also good at. You know, the D line is solid, but I, what you pointed out of how good the linebackers are, I think makes that difference. I also think that the Vikings are uniquely qualified to handle a Shanahan offense because the Vikings mastered the Kubiak offense and currently run Kubiak Jr.'s offense. Kubiak and Shanahan are blood brothers. I think literally, I think they have the ceremony. Like it's the same offense. So Minnesota's defense is going to know what to expect, and they're literally built to stop it. Minnesota's the right side. I just don't know if I can take them. Yeah, I'm kind of same boat, especially because I feel like we're getting the bad value of people being overexcited about the Vikings beating the Packers. And because I think that literally all of the bad luck that the Vikings had all year, like, regressed back to the norm in one game, and now they're back at square zero. Again, let's do another maybe just so we can get through all the games and then we'll come back to it because I got a right. half hour. Sounds good. We will go to the last game of the late slate. The Los Angeles Rams are going to play the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are minus one. Are you excited now that we left it for last? Yeah. All right. Um, this game is going to be amazing. I'm going to love this game. It's going to teach us a lot about both of these teams. And I don't know if I can bet on it. <laughs> I'm in the same boat. I can't wait to watch this game, but I don't know if I'm going to bet on it. The Rams will like put if, up points. The Rams will put up points. Didn't we talk about recently that we need to, if we're going to bet the Rams, we have to bet them live because we have to watch the first series to see if Matt Stafford is going to suck or not. This is especially true in this particular game because the Packers historically over the last two or three years have been very good on opening drives and then have petered off significantly. So when betting against the Packers, it is always a good idea to wait until after the first drive because you'll probably get a very inflated line value. Um, this is put up or shut up time. If I was right about Matt Stafford being a, a great quarterback for the last six years, if I was right at all, it has to come through on this game. If Sean McVay is truly an elite coach, in any capacity, if he's even just an elite play caller, it has to come through in this game. The Packers' offensive line is beat to hell. I don't think Bakhtiari will be back for this game. Even if he is, he will be rusty, out of shape, and still probably a little bit hurt. Uh, they just lost Ellington Jenkins, who's awesome. This all being said, the Packers have about three NFL starting caliber offensive lines on their roster at any given moment because offensive line is probably a majority just coaching. 
Uh, so like either either the same teams that always have the same offensive line coaches know how to scout offensive linemen infinitely better than everybody else in the world, or basically any athlete who is large and kind of heavier set can be a good offensive lineman with a decent coach. And by de- no, with one of four coaches. It's like, it's Callahan. It is the dude from the Packers that was with the Browns when they had Kitchens. Um, what's his fucking name? Oh, I can't remember his name either. He was with the Packers forever. He came over to the Browns when they had Freddie Kitchens as their head coach, and then he went back to the Packers. I I know exactly who you're talking about, but I yeah. can't remember his name. Campen. Right yeah. Campen. So if you have if you have Campen, Callahan, or you get Dante Scarnecchia out of retirement, you have a great offensive line. Otherwise, I don't know. The guy out of Philly, Mud, he's pretty good yep. too. Mud is Mud is also good. So yeah, there's like four dudes, and if you have one of them as your offensive line coach, you're a good offensive lineman. Full stop. The Packers have one of those guys. So their offensive line will be fine. And the Rams defensive the Rams defensive line is not that good. Aaron Donald has been good, not great this year. Um yeah, I think Mil- the issue is it's just Aaron Donald. Well, yeah, because then on the other, you've got Leonard Floyd and Von Miller on the edges, which is probably the most overrated defensive end group or edge group in the last 10 years. Like those guys are both B minus players. And that's being generous to Leonard Floyd. So Rodgers will have time, at least enough time. Okay, let's just go like this. we got the better quarterback with the Rams. we got the much, much better skill position players for the Packers. We have a better offensive line for the Packers. I think Rashawn Gary is still going to be out, so defensive line is going to go to the Rams. Secondary, let's call it a tie. Yeah, I think ties. Because uh, Jair's still out, is he? Yeah. yeah. So it's like Jalen I think Ramsey and Stokes are similar caliber, and then every other cornerback in this game kind of sucks, and then every safety in this game is okay. Um, coaching is very close. Slight edge, McVay. Um, yeah. It, it would have been a significant edge, and then the month of November happened. Yeah, because Lafleur has been putting on a clinic. Well, Lafleur has always been consistently solid, um, but McVay has not—he's been actively not good for like a month. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a Stafford problem entirely. Maybe it's their offensive line isn't winning. It, it isn't. Their offensive line has not played well at all. They'll get a respite against the Packers because the Packers just, even with Gary, aren't a very good pass rushing team. But this game is going to be a tough handicap. I want to go Rams live bet if I can get either plus odds on the money line or over the field goal on the spread. I think I can if the Packers receive the ball first because I think that they'll score a touchdown. Yeah, I I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna live bet this one. Rams are coming and off a bye too. <sighs> I I think the Rams are gonna be the right move, but I'm not gonna bet on them until I see Stafford throw a couple passes. Yeah, I mean that's because totally fair. Because every time they lose, it's because he comes out and plays horrible and they get just boat raced. Sean McVay is three and one after a bye against the spread and straight. I like that. And this is a team that needed to get healthy and needed to gel. I'm going to take the Rams. I'm going to take the Rams just period. I'm going to take the Rams. I'll probably in reality live bet it. And I would, I would encourage everybody else to, but I think they should be a pod pick. Honestly, I'm fine with making the Rams a pod pick because it's probably where I'll go. And the only reason I won't bet on the Rams is if Stafford comes out and throws a pick in the first drive. Or yeah, like least. realistically, I mean, even if he throws a pick and it's seven nothing, it's gonna be Rams plus three and a half, and you're gonna take it. Yeah, but I don't know if my issue with taking after he throws a pick 
is that normally when he throws a pick, it is indicative of hit or, you know, predictive that he is about to throw like two more. So that's where I get scared. If he throws one early, we're going to see a lot more. But I think coming off a bye, any downtime for them helps because of how many new people they have. And I think the Packers are probably riding a little high right now compared to what they should be. And their corners are pretty much Stokes, who's great, but a little inconsistent, and then not much. I don't know. This is going to be a, a really fun game. I can see it going either way, but I think I'm good with going with the Rams. All right. To Sunday night? To Sunday night. We have the Cleveland Browns going to play the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are minus three and a half. <laughs> All year I've been eyeing this game because I thought that the fucking Browns were perfectly built to beat the Ravens. Like that is the they have three strong safeties who are going to come up and stuff the run and be able to spy Lamar Jackson. They have corners who are fast enough to run with the oft open and seldom targeted wide receivers such as Hollywood Brown. They have a freak defensive line who will provide pressure to Lamar Jackson and Lamar has been sick for like ever. <laughs> that said, there's a little internal strife going on. And while I actually think that Baker played well, I think that last week was one of the best games he's played in the last three or four weeks. I gave him a B minus. I thought it was fine. Um, that doesn't change the fact that a lot of balls got dropped. He's pissed off and ornery, and the team is probably infighting, it seems, from what I've like gleaned out of interviews. I think the Browns either win outright or get fucking crushed. And I think that yeah. they probably win outright, but I don't know if I can bet again. <laughs> yeah, I'm not betting on this game because the Browns have given me no reason to trust them whatsoever. You should not Raven... bet on this. I won't let you bet on this game, even if it was oh, yeah, a best no. bet. Just um, like, I don't, if we want to have a podcast next week, you cannot bet on this game. <laughs> smart, smart. But the Ravens also have not looked good. I mean, they've been pulling out these wins. Honestly, the Browns and Ravens are doing some similar things in that they're winning a lot of games in much closer fashion than they should. And Lamar has been very sick. Hollywood's out. You, you mentioned all the, and obviously they have, like 15 guys on IR from the beginning of the year. The Ravens the are Bears, beat up. The Bears outplayed them two days ago. Yes. With Justin Fields. And that happens the, a lot. The Dolphins get, beat them. Yeah, I think this is a two teams that are not actually playing that well, but are playing well enough to win in most cases, are about to run into each other and see who does the play well enough to win better because neither are good right now. Who are the Browns going to throw to when Marlon Humphrey takes DPJ out of a game? Njoku? He's going to be wide open. Yeah. I mean, they, <laughs> they like they like throwing to their tight ends. Kareem and Jack Conklin might be back, which would be humongous. Oh, God, yeah. Because one, Kareem can catch passes, and two, Jack Conklin is a humongous upgrade from Blake Hans. Man, but, I think the Browns are going to run all over him. Tyus Bowser and Justin Houston both suck against the run and aren't actually very good as pass rushers anyways. Calais Campbell can't keep doing this. He's 52 years old. He can't. He was born in the 80s. He's 35. <laughs> like, he can't single-handedly destroy a run game, especially if the Browns have a healthy offensive line. <sighs> it's doable. I, I think the Browns are going to win this game. I want, I want to make the Browns a pot pick at three and a half. Obviously, I, uh, I will have no say in this. No, so no, I mean, 
what happens every fucking time that Baker actually plays decent and everybody says, oh, it's, he's the worst, and he gets mad. He comes out and he plays fucking awesome it's in a division game. <laughs> it's a banged-up defense. It's an offense that the Browns are literally built to stop exclusively. They are not built to stop any team, but they are built to stop this one. Yes. Like, like This is the one defense that the Browns defense actually makes sense against, which, like... Watching it will be so fulfilling. Watch Joe Woods fuck it up and be like, we're going to play cover one man today for the first time in two years. I'm fucking everything up. He's generally actually had pretty good game plans against the Ravens outside of that first game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think the Browns match up well against them. We've talked about it a billion times, but the Browns defense is literally just defensive line, go and fucking eat, and then everybody else back up as far as you can which leaves the middle of the field open, but the Ravens run the ball and throw deep. So that's actually exactly what you want to do against Lamar Jackson because his accuracy to the middle of the field and to the second level are bad. You want him to keep doing that because he is not consistent enough to work his way down the field. You want to take away his big plays and you want to eliminate his run. Miles Garrett has also just been his kryptonite because I think he's the only person more athletic than Lamar Jackson. Um, On offense, the Browns are very limited because they have no wide receivers, but luckily... For them, uh, the Ravens have one cornerback in Marlon Humphrey, who's actually had a down year. He has. Granted, he's been asked to do everything, so I get it. But, like, they don't have another good corner. They don't have another good safety. Like, Tavon Young is playing slot corner for them. That's a safety. Um, They don't get a good pass rush. They're not particularly good at stuffing the run. Patrick Queen is hilarious bad. I love that so much that he's just terrible. There was no reason anyone should have thought he was going to be good. But was on LSU, and they were good, and he run fast in the combine, though. Those spelled without a U or a G or an H. He was their first-round pick, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. I love when they do that, because normally we're the ones making bus picks in the first round. Yeah, there isn't much else to say beyond the Browns are built on defense to stop the Ravens offense. They should be able to run all over this team, but Baker is very hurt. He he's decent most of the time, but he still misses stuff that he should hit. And the Ravens have kind of had the Browns number the last few years. Andy Dalton and Justin Fields just put up enough points to beat the Ravens on a wet sloppy soldier field. You make a, you make a good point. I don't know. I, it just goes back to, I don't think the Browns or the Ravens are actually playing well right now. Everyone gives both teams a tough game or rather both teams make everything a tough game like i said i'm going to stay away i agree with you in theory the browns should win but i can't actually say that confidently okay we've brownsed enough that's it for sunday how about monday and to finish off week 12 we have the seattle seahawks going to play the washington football team on monday night washington is minus one can the skins play two men i don't know (laughs) <laughs> they have the personnel. I know they're Landon Collins as a linebacker, but don't they use him as a linebacker? Yeah, I think they moved him to linebacker full time. Um, honestly, everybody has the personnel to play two man. It's just a matter of have they practiced it. Ron Rivera runs a cover two defense, so two man is their man concept. Necessarily, they know how to run it. Um, I can't pretend to know exactly how much they call two man, but it doesn't really matter because anybody with a brain knows that that's what you do against Russell Wilson these days. Uh, football team is also getting back their pass rushers. They should be at least roughly healthy. Look at me. I'm, I'm just switching back and forth 
from Redskins to football team seamlessly. My brain is not at all scattered. Ah, uh, fuck. Oh, shit. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're not going to have either Young or... Well, Young's done for the year, isn't he? Yeah, but if they don't have Sweat... Let's see about Montez Sweat. Montez. Sweat. Damn it, I type swear. Fuck! He's in the okay. IR. He's on the IR, so... <laughs> I mean, Russell Wilson likes to invite pressure for fun. Like, that's his thing. So I don't know, but... Okay, Kendall Fuller will be... If they have a brain, Kendall Fuller will be on Tyler Lockett. That's a perfect matchup, and I think he'll take him out of the game. But And then that means they're probably going to put William Jackson on DK Metcalf, because that's their other corner. Pray to God it's not Benjamin St. Juiced, because if it is, it's going to be a long day of DK Metcalf touchdowns. They're going to say, hey, this guy's tall, DK's tall. Dude, I'm actually worried that they might do that. Like, I want to like... <laughs> I know, I'm serious. It's what... <laughs> The Redskins are going to score points because Seattle's defense sucks. And Taylor Heineke is passable at the worst. So they're going to move the ball. And they're getting – um, Scherf they've got – Ma- What's that? Doesn't Scherf come back? Or didn't he come back last week? Scherf is back, but who's the tight end? Logan Thomas, he's coming back. And then outside of that, like, they got Terry McLaurin. He's going to be deep and open every play. I hope that the Seahawks put – mash all of the buttons because I'm lost. Prez Jamal Adams out on him. That would be hilarious. Have you seen some of those plays, like the blooper highlights on Twitter of Jamal Adams just like jumping when the ball is thrown nowhere near him and then running away from the play? Yes, I love it. He looks like an eight-year-old playing Madden and panicking. <laughs> I mean, he, he might be, kind of. Like, That's an insinuation. That is an insinuation that might get you fired in 10 years. What do you mean? Um, the, man, the man is jumping around aimlessly on the football field. Okay, you've got logic here. Man, I just... I don't like their safeties. I don't like Bobby McCain, and I know Cameron Curls had a decent year, but I don't like him in theory. I didn't love him coming out. <laughs> and then Ron Rivera is like the classic solid but never good. Man, they're going to run the ball. It's going to work to an extent. Skins of the right side. I agree with you. I think Washington will be able to create some, some explosive plays because Heineke's always looking for them, and Terry McLaurin's great. Is, does, is Curtis Samuel alive? Does he play? I know he's played like two weeks this season. I think he's hurt again. Is he? He's always hurt, man. It's unfortunate. I like him a lot. But, okay, even if Curtis Samuel's still out, McLaurin should be able to create some explosive plays for them, and then they should be able to just run and bully a little bit on that defense. Whereas the Seahawks will live entirely off of, God, I hope we get busted plays downfield. Because, I mean, Carson's out, too. They're They're down to, again, having no running backs or no running backs that they want is it alex collins who's fine so it's all going to be on russ and we've seen what happens the last couple years when it goes all on russ is he might be good for like a half and then all of his crazy gambling and hero ball catches up to him really quick i think the football team's the right side just because they're a little bit more consistent and they're more even throughout their team plus as you talked about ron rivera knows cover two and two man and he's a good defensive coordinator that is aware of what Russ likes and should be able to adapt to it. I'm just so fucking terrified that Benjamin St. Juiced is going to factor into this game. That's that's a valid concern. He is a linebacker playing corner. He's six foot three, 205 pounds. He runs like a 4740, and he's got an 80 run defense fucking grade by PFF and a 49 coverage. And that's about right. 
the dude doesn't understand what coverage is, much less how to do it. Man, this sucks. Yes. I want I wanna like the fucking skins here, man. <sighs> okay. So we know we like Tampa. That's our best bet. Yes. Do we that we like Atlanta over the Jaguars? City. What's what's all the maybes we have? Because I our feel like it's our maybes are Atlanta over Jacksonville, effectively a pick'em. Carolina over Miami, effectively a pick'em. Cincinnati over Pittsburgh, four and a half. Minus four and a half. That's on the low end. Tennessee plus six and a half. That's on the low end. Minnesota plus three. Minnesota is plus three. It's plus three. Yeah. That's going to be a like. Yeah, that'll be that'll be a bet. I thought it was minus three this whole time, and I was like, iffy. No. Plus. Um, I want to take LA, pick them over the Packers, but I don't know if I want to. It's gambling. It's it's gambling. So I'm we know fine we're putting it in, but if if I bet on it, it's probably going to be waiting live, or I'll put one unit now and then try and bet again live when that game happens. It's put up or shut up time for LA coming off the bye. We're putting LA on the board. So we've got Tampa, LA, Minnesota. Those are three for sure. And then we need two of Atlanta, Carolina, Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Washington. Put Cleveland on the board. That's four. We need one of Atlanta, Carolina, Cincy, Washington. Or we could just take all of them. Yeah, Atlanta, Carolina. Why are we not taking Atlanta? It's fucking Jacksonville. Yeah, let's do Atlanta. Okay. Grant, I think Carolina's a good bet, too. I do, too, but it's iffier. A little bit. And I think the Dolphins still suck. I do, too, man. And I think the Panthers have a slightly more talented quarterback. He can't I agree. As much, he's a better quarterback. He can, but he's a better quarterback. And then At the, he, at the very he, least, he's just so good in the red zone that, like, that – that's worth a couple points a game, man. The defenses are so similar, and the Carolina has a Christian McCaffrey and a Joe Brady, where the Dolphins have a bad offensive coordinator and no player that can do what McCaffrey can. Let's take them both, then. Let's put Carolina yeah. on the board. We've got six picks. Atlanta, Tampa, Cleveland, Minnesota, Rams, Panthers. Sweet, and that's five picks for me. So that's Yeah, beautiful. exactly. It's just what that's I'm perfect. for. Throw, throw Cleveland on my bill. That's on my head. And then when I win, Alex gets to be a third as depressed as he would have been if he had lost. I actually think yeah, that like I, have, if... I have a substantially better record betting on the Browns when you don't join me. Cool. I won't bet on them. I stay very far away. I have no problem with that. <laughs> All right. Well, as, as poorly as we've done for the last two weeks – we can't ask you to tail us, and I can't in good conscience ask you to fade us. But somehow, I'm begging you to figure out a way, to find a way, to please bet on football games. Asta.